Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Hello, my Mysterians, and for my American brethren, happy Fourth of July week. And for my Confederate brethren, commiserations. Back in the War of Northern Aggression, we lost Gettysburg today and also Vicksburg, Mississippi. But that's in the past. We're still proud Confederates. Let's get on with the stories. I want to talk this week about our trucking stories and spooky songs. It seems like truckers, they are so entwined with music and music for truckers, sometimes so many of them are story songs, so many of them are spooky stories. And I've got some information for you for this. Anybody who has met a truck driver knows that they are storytellers. And how could they not when they've spent so much time out in the world? They spend so much time on the road, traveling from place to place. They hear things, they pick up things, and they add them to their repertoire of stories. That's not a bad thing. It's only common sense that there were a few stories that have been passed on from driver to driver and have become famous within the community. Some are spooky. Others are stories of caution. And here are some of the most common trucker urban legends and superstitions. Truckers all vary in the amount of superstitions that they have, but these are the most popular. And I dare say that some of them are regional, by location, you know, the area that you drive in, you know, you may have some that are just area stories, you know, just for the the particular, like the southwest or the northeast or the northwest. Truckers believe that when you pass a cemetery, you need to hold your breath because if you breathe in spirits, they can possess you. Lift your feet when driving over a railroad. It said that you can never find love if you don't. Trucks must be female, just like sailors and their boats, to keep them safe. Don't drive with a $50 bill in your pocket. Joe Weatherly, a NASCAR driver on his last drive, crashed and died. And when he was pulled out of his car, there were two $50 bills in his pocket. Now, that's another thing about truckers. There seem to be a lot of them connected with NASCAR by fanship. Don't cross a highway when looking for a place to stop. Bad luck will come. I think that means that if you're going down a highway and you see a truck stop on the left, don't stop there. Go down to the next one that's on the right so you can just pull straight off the highway. 
don't drive in the left lane. Now pay attention to this one people, don't drive in the left lane in a big truck. You'll be the first one to meet a driver on the other side of the road. Problem with this is that if you are in a big truck and you're driving in the left lane, you've got cars stacking up behind you because you're puttering along. And I've added that this one is obviously a myth from what I see whenever I'm on the road. Be that as it may, when you reach a destination, pat the dash and thank your truck for a job well done and she'll keep running. Well, of course, that's just good manners. When going through a yellow light, hit the roof for good luck. Better than hitting another vehicle for poor judgment, I guess. A little bit more to the hold your breath thing. Hold your breath when going through a tunnel, crossing a state line, or passing a cemetery for good luck. Lucky charms. Many drivers have something hanging from their rearview mirrors. Some of them may have them on their keychains. Um, who knows? I, I know more than truck drivers do that. They, My wife has a, a charm bracelet hanging from her mirror. Never haul empty. Many flatbed truckers will tie down children's toys to their trailers because hauling empty is a bad luck. Now some urban legends. It's something I've spoke on before. Route 666, the Devil's Highway. This mostly abandoned stretch of road spans nearly 200 miles and it has earned its name as the Devil's Highway. The name originates from when the highway was established back in 1926. It was the sixth branch of Route 66 and runs from Monticello, Utah and ends in Gallup, New Mexico. A multitude of unexplained phenomenon has occurred throughout the history of this road, ranging from the paranormal to disappearances and deaths. Statistically, the accidents and fatalities on Route 666 were abnormally high and many believe that once you travel this road, you were cursed. In 2003, due to many complaints of the connotation with the Mark of the Beast of the Bible, the highway was renamed Highway 491. During the time it is referred to as Route 666, each and every single accident and death was reflected as a situation that occurred because of the evil that was rumored to reside on and around this stretch of road. A widely known story of the unexplained phenomenon that occurs on this highway is that of the black sedan, nicknamed Satan's sedan. According to the story, once the sun goes down, a pair of headlights will shine behind the driver. The car gains speed and reaches the driver and remains dangerously close to them. Some witnesses said they pulled over to let them pass, while others have seen it speeding past them on its own. Other stories have been reported numerous times are the Hounds of Hell, an evil spirit of the semi-truck, the Pale Spirit, and Skinwalkers. Other instances that are said to have happened along this stretch is mysterious disappearances and time loss. 
A few reports have claimed that some drivers who travel this road have disappeared and then reappeared several hours or even days later. Others have reported that their journey down the road takes longer than expected, while others have simply vanished without a trace. Needless to say, but saying it anyway, trucking long haul or local has many stories which some might believe to be just so much guff, but others are serious believers in. And another thing about truckers and trucking is that music plays a big part in the lifestyle. Classically, I think of a trucker's radio as being permanently set on WSM out of Nashville, with a few other stations thrown in when technology breaks down or the weather kicks up. For backup, a peculiar piece of technology called the 8-track tape player kept many gaps covered with tapes by Merle Haggard, George Jones, Ronnie Millsap, Jerry Clower, Marty Robbins, Danny Davis and the Nashville Brass, Lynn Anderson, Loretta Lynn, or Tammy Wynette among dozens of other classic country stars. I'm sure there were followers of rock music too, and they tuned into XEROK Radio, or XROK80. 150,000 watt rock station out of Monterey, Mexico. Point being, urban legends aren't the only types of stories hanging around the trucking world. There are musical ghost stories too, one of which is one of my favorites and it's called Phantom 309 by singer Red Sovine. Now this is not technically a song because he talks his way through it, but still it's a piece of music. Phantom 309. This story has it as its basis a true story rather than an urban legend. Phantom 309 became popularized when Red Sovine released the song of the same name in 1967. The song is about a ghost truck driver named Big Joe who picks up a hitchhiker, gives him a lift for a ways, then as he lets him off gives him a dime for some coffee saying, have yourself a hot cup on old Big Joe. The hitchhiker goes inside the truck stop, asks for coffee and tells the waitress boastingly that Big Joe's setting me up, at which point everyone goes silent. The hiker, realizing that he may have made a major faux pas or social blunder, asks if he said something wrong. They tell the hitchhiker of the story about how Big Joe sacrificed himself to save a school bus full of children. The catch is, it isn't well known that this is an actual event. On January 23rd of 1963, a truck driver named John William or Pete Trudell was driving a tanker to the Chelsea River Bulk Petroleum Facility north of Boston. He turned around now having 4,600 gallons of gasoline and heading to Keene, New Hampshire. He went on Route 1, but the Route 1 and Route 129 intersections is notorious for being dangerous. He went up a hill which was under a bridge, but down the road further there is a dip that is hidden from oncoming drivers. At this dip, 
there was a car parked waiting for a school bus to pick up some children. Trudell wouldn't be able to stop, so instead of crashing and possibly killing the children and the driver, Trudell crashed the tanker into the bridge. He was unable to escape the cab before 4,600 gallons of gasoline exploded. The children and the driver of the school bus were able to escape and get to safety. Trudell made the hard decision to sacrifice himself in order to save others. The legend of Phantom 309 is based off Trudell and his sacrifice. There is a memorial of the event and Trudell in the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum. 1983, there came a song on the radio called The Ride by David Allen Coe. And in this country hit, The Ride, an aspiring musician is hitchhiking to Nashville when he gets a ride from Hank Williams' Ghost. The song is more based in reality than you might think. That is, if you believe the story told by songwriter Gary Gentry. He told the story of riding the ride at 4 a.m. and seeing the ghost of Williams sitting shirtless on his couch. And he told the story to Bart Herbison of Nashville Songwriters Association International. The interview went like this. What a song. You had a co-writer on this song? I had a co-writer. I had been in a movie called Hank Williams' Tribute, The Man and His Music. We filmed it at the Ryman, and a promoter in town, J.B. Detterline Jr., came to me and said, Gary, you gotta write about Hank, man, and Lefty, Lefty Frizzell. He was a bigger Lefty fan, and I was the bigger Hank fan. I love both of them, but don't get me wrong. Hank, I grew up on that. We got together and wrote a song called Wherever Hank and Lefty Are, That's Where I Wanna Go. At about 10 o'clock, he got up to go, and I said, it's not enough for Hank. He said, what? It's a great song. So he left. Now, I was drinking in those days and doing other things. I was living at Country Place Apartments. I lit candles in the living room, and I wanted Hank to show himself. I wanted to write a masterpiece about Hank, and I was mad, and I was drunk. Thank God I haven't had a drink since 1984, but in those days, it was pretty wild. I said, Hank, why were you so big? Just because you died young? Show yourself and help me write this song. I looked down that long hallway and Hank was sitting there without a shirt on, on my couch, in the living room. And I said, Hank, we're gonna take a ride. I wanna write about you. I think you're the greatest songwriter and entertainer that ever lived. Thus, the ride came about at four o'clock in the morning. So did Hank Williams really have a ghostly hand in inspiring this song? Or this similar sounding one by Alan Jackson called Midnight in Montgomery. This song will sound corny to some, but captivating to others. It's something of a ghost story because a musician drives through the night toward Mobile, Alabama Actually, he's heading to Nashville, but Mobile is his first stop. He stops on the way to see a friend, but encounters something altogether different. If you listen to the song, you'll get several hints about who this specter is, 
and then you'll get a straight answer at the end of the song. Have you ever heard the song Ghost Riders in the Sky by Johnny Cash? Ghost Riders in the Sky entered the country music canon in the 40s, with few iterations capturing the true feel of the song, like the Man in Black's version. Cash's low baritone sings of demon riders scorching the sky with their fiery hooves. They're tormented and doomed to chase a never-ending herd, but as they pass, they speak to an old cowboy witnessing the terror and tell him to change his ways or to endure their hell. Long Black Veil by Lefty Frizzell In Frizzell's song, Long Black Veil, a man is sentenced to death for the murder of another man. He didn't commit the crime and has the alibi to prove it, but he refuses to give the evidence of his innocence. Why? Because he was sleeping with his best friend's wife at the time and would rather die than admit it. Now the widow is forced to visit the executed murderer's grave with a long black veil at night to hide her shame and grief. A more recent addition to the ghost story song list is Riding with Private Malone by David Ball. The Wood Newton and Tom Shepard penned Riding with Private Malone immediately resonated with country music fans as soon as they heard David Ball singing it on the radio. The song not only brought Ball back to the top of the list of the billboard charts for the first time in years, but it gave America a patriotic song about a veteran that took on an even deeper meaning after the terrorist attacks of 9-11. It's a touching song that continues to pull on the heartstrings over 20 years since it was released. In the song, the narrator, a young man just out of the military, is looking for a car and he sees an ad that reads Old Chevy $1,000. Well, he contacts the poster. The lady says, I don't even know if the car runs and I don't really know what kind of car it is. Well, he goes to the farm. They go back into the barn and they uncover a car that just wipes out the narrator of the song. It's a 66 convertible Corvette. So he reluctantly pays the thousand dollars the lady's asking for and then when he gets the car where he can get to looking at it he gets sets down in the driver's seat opens the glove box and he finds a note and the note was written by the car's former owner a private Malone a veteran who died in the Vietnam War. Newton told the boot that when he and Shepard sat down together to write a song, he was inspired by being a young man in college during the Vietnam War and its effect on his generation. So they decided to take those sentiments and make them part of the song. Tom had the name of Malone because it rhymed with home and he had seen a story about a guy who restored a 66 Corvette and put up a website about it. And he had seen another story about this guy who restored a car and he would tune the radio to one channel, but it would always change back to a different station. So he thought the car was haunted, Newton said. 
To recap, the main idea of the story is a recently discharged veteran finds a used car ad in the paper for an old Chevy. He goes to see it, finds out it's not just any Chevy, but a 66 ragtop Corvette, which he buys for the requested price of $1,000. During the restoration, he finds the note in the glove box, and the note reads, My name is Private Andrew Malone, and if you're reading this, then I didn't make it home. But for every dream that's shattered, another one comes true. This car was once a dream of mine, now it belongs to you. And though you may take her and make her your own, you'll always be riding with Private Malone. The song describes the cleanup and the reveal of the car with a couple of strange things. The radio doesn't always work right, but it picks up the oldie station really well. And the new owner feels a presence, a military one, riding in the seat next to him. He says, And I felt if I turned real fast, I could see a soldier riding shotgun next to me. Time passes. The car brings much happiness to the unnamed owner, but life, perhaps other things as well, in this case, intrudes. One seriously rainy night, there's a crash, a fiery crash, which the owner survives. Oddly enough, witnesses tell of seeing a soldier pull him from the wreckage, a soldier that he knows and realizes was one Private Andrew Malone. Our final look at songs about ghosts or ghostly situations is the Little Girl by John Michael Montgomery. Raised by a drunken, violent father and a drug-addled mother, the little girl of this song knows none of the comforts or iconography of religion. The situation deteriorates to the point that the little girl must be put into foster care. So how is it that after she's placed in the care of a loving couple who take her to church for the first time, she recognizes the picture of Jesus. Her first day of Sunday school, the teacher walked in and a little girl stared at a picture of him. She said, I know that man up there on the cross. I don't know his name, but I know he got off because he was there in my old house and held me close to his side as I hid there behind our couch the night that my parents died. This is a harrowing, heartbreaking song to listen to, but utterly worth the pain. There are some things to think about here, yes? Well, that's the end of my stories. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope you liked them. And I hope some of you know some of the song. That would make me feel better that you know the songs and know what I'm talking about. Well, again, that's it for this week. We'll be back next time with more stories from Terry's Mysterious Moments. Have a good week, y'all.